0: welcome to sunday january 24th of 2021 can you believe that that's keeping kind of hard to say 2021 i used to when i was in in elementary school we did a we did a time caps like i've mentioned this before made like a time envelope or whatever and all we, we were in third grade and we put all these you know stuff current current things you know current prices current stuff and we stuffed all these little notes into this envelope and on the outside of it I remember writing in great big letters not to be open till the year twenty twenty. And that seemed like such a you know such a futuristic date, twenty twenty. And now here we are in twenty twenty one. I I think um I think the movie Mad Max and the Thunderdome and all that was, was actually made and it said it was year t- twenty twenty, so maybe that's what we have to look forward to this year. Coming out of the chaos of twenty twenty into the realities of 21 who knows what we're going to have and that actually kind of brings me to my my message base this morning i've um i want to bring to you mainly just some scripture this morning i I want to just speak some word uh that god has put in my heart and and kind of share some things with you on that lineup um hopefully nothing real just catastrophically heavy this morning uh i mainly just want to share this with you but i titled it peace in the midst of chaos yeah, we we are um our our world is definitely in a in a interesting place. Um I'd like to say tailspin, but um may, maybe we're not in a tailspin, maybe we're just in a wash where we're spinning sideways. I'm not real sure. Um we're <laughs> but we're definitely spinning. There's so many things going on today. There's so many questions, there's so much uh, there's fear, there's doubt. Uh, there are 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 controversial subjects. There's uh, the, the talk of of you know what's coming next. The talk of conspiracy theories. The uh, man. There's so much out there that we can get hung up in and get caught up in. And I and I think that's really what what brought me to the basis of what I want to share with you today is is we we need some peace in the middle of the chaos. There there's there's often chaos in our life by itself without everything going on in the world. Our our life itself can, can bring about a form of chaos that makes it very difficult for us to, to pass through or walk through or, or, or whatever you want to call that. But it can be very challenging at times. It can be very, um, very difficult. And, And then you top what we have going on in our world system today on top of all that. And it can really be devastating. We've, you know, we've actually seen in the midst of this pandemic that they've, continue to talk about we've 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 actually seen an increase um, in suicide rate not only in our veterans but in the general population of people because of the stress and the the fears and the doubts and the the constant unknowns just those people who walk that fragile line anyway it's tipped them over um and, and, I, and I encourage you if you know someone and, and and don't don't just make it a laughable thing if you know someone who's who's honestly going through a time of challenge in this that whether it be fear or doubt or uncertainty of the future or whatever make sure you encourage them make make sure you pay attention to that it's it's not just a joke it's not just a laughable matter a lot of our a lot of our population today are really struggling in this field our our, our minds are already a fragile field anyhow uh, with, with everything we walk through and then you top all this on top of it it really makes it challenging but with that I want to I want to get into the Word, I'm just going to kind of, I want to share the, the, the actual Scripture with you, but then I'm going to kind of share some of my thoughts that go along with it as, as we go through. I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 4. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, and, and the, the basis of, of this piece of Scripture is coming out of the ESV version. Um, so chapter 4, or chapter 4, start with verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Now, if you look at that that particular very first passage of that scripture in the New King James, it says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. So, reasonableness and gentleness are being used here um, to 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 be known to everyone. So, <laughs> sometimes we show everybody our chaos. We show everybody our 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 that other side. You know, we 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 flip the switch. But what what he's saying here is is we need to rejoice in the Lord always, and, and show our reasonableness, show our gentleness to everyone we encounter. It goes on to say the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That this is something I think that we have to really understand that that we're we're actually told to to be you know constantly in prayer to pray to. Pray without ceasing to, to constantly be in this form of communication with the Lord. But he, he's saying the Lord's at hand. I mean, you think about where we are today. The Lord's at hand. It, it got, there's nothing out of his control right now. You know, there there may be things that we don't get. There's a lot of stuff that we don't understand. But but God is in control. We have to trust him. And, and it's what he says. The Lord's at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, everything around us, by prayer and supplication, and we talked about that word recently, and I did not really look that up, but you can look up the word supplication and what that actually means. But by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, being thankful for the things that God's given us, we sometimes I think we fail to to put that into play. We we're we're, we're constantly in this mode of God, I I want, I need, I need, I need, I need, and sometimes we forget to say, Hey, God, thank you so much for what you did right there. Thank you for, for, for providing that right there. Thank you for, for, for sending that person or sending that word or whatever it may be. Sometimes it's subtle, but I think sometimes we need to really take the time to just be thankful for what God really has done for us. Let your requests be made known to God. God knows our thoughts, but he's waiting on us to express those thoughts. Um, you know, God, yes, he's a mind reader. He can read our minds. He knows our thoughts. Keep that in mind when you're thinking things. But he wants us to express him. He he wants us to physically approach him. There's a relational factor that comes into that. That's he God wants us in relationship with him. He doesn't want to be a mind reader. He doesn't want to send things just because we think, oh boy, I wish I wish got to do something here. How about we take the time to ask him, Hey God, you know, been a while, but you know, it's me over here. I I need some help here. All right. I just want to say thank you for helping me last week when I didn't really even ask for it or you know, those types of things he wants the relational factor he goes on to say in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding <laughs> we we talk about this a lot we've got to trust him we we but but his peace if we will allow ourselves to receive his peace, which goes way beyond what we understand I mean you're talking about the creator of the universe here. You're talking about the one who mapped this thing out from the get-go. He knows it all. He knows what's going to come. He knows what's happening. He understands where we're going. We need to sit in his peace that that way beyond our understanding and that will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. See, and when we allow the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, that peace will guard our heart and our mind. That's so huge, and, and and so many of us really need to capture that, what that truly means. And maybe some of you need to dwell on that a little bit, And that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. He's looking for us to interact with him and to communicate with him on a personal level. And when we do, his peace is ours. His peace that goes beyond our understanding will settle in our spirit. You know, people. I've I've had people question me with all this hoopla going on. You know, are you are you afraid? Are you scared that Biden's our president? Are you are you scared of this? Are you scared of that? Are you scared to see this happen? Are you scared? I ain't afraid of nothing. You know, are are you afraid they're coming after your guns? No, I mean I, I'm really not. There there's there's a lot of questions that can be asked of lots of things going on in our world today, from political to to personal. But the biggest thing I'm not is I'm not afraid. I've resolved in my spirit long ago that whatever's coming's coming. You know, I, I'm going to have to, if, if, if something I'm faced with that I have to walk through, then I just put my head down and walk through it. I might not like it. I might not want to. I've been through all kinds of health issues. You know, I, I hate the fact that I've had the heart attacks that I've had and I've had to have the stent placement that I've had. The, the last one that I had, I got very angry. I hadn't been married very long to, to my wife, Rhonda, and here she had, you know, coming through what she had come through over her years of time with her previous husband and his illness and taking care of him and, and, and you know, the, some of the challenges that she had faced. The least thing I wanted to do was give her another challenge to face. And and so when all of that transpired, I was angry. I was so upset that I, was, that I had a problem that I was going to have to, and I fought it. I fought, I fought it for almost two weeks. Of just putting it away, no, no, that's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. Until it got to the point where I, I couldn't deny that I had, I needed to go to the hospital. And I, and I sit down. I'd actually remember the story. I'd been in my deer stand in the in the penthouse blind hunting that morning, and uh, I came back to the house because I was struggling, and and I, and I, I took a hot shower and I got cleaned up, and and I sat on the bed, and 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 she came in to check on me, and I just fell apart. Because I knew, I knew that I needed to have her take me to the hospital. I knew we were having problems. And, and, and so there's, but in the midst of all of those things, I haven't feared what's coming. I know I have to deal with it. So put your head down. Let's go. Let, let, let's go through the paces. Let them do whatever they need to do to me. And believe me, there were there were conversations going on that day that I did not want to have with anybody when they started talking about bypass and, you know, that meant opening my chest and I'm not into that. And before it was all said and done, God provided some peace and they actually went through a vein in my wrist and did some work inside my heart, which is still beyond my imagination to how they do things like that. And fixed me. And and I'm and I was out of there in a couple of days, we're home, life's going well. But but the point everything I'm making there is <laughs> there are times in our life where we literally have to trust him and we've got to let that peace that only he can bring in our hearts take over. The hurt that we may walk through, the, the challenges that we may face, the, the struggles, whether it be financial, physical, mentally, emotionally, whatever it may be, if, if we find ourselves in this, this honest relationship with him, and what I mean by honest, that, that, that we open our hearts to him and allow him to open his to us when when we walk through life honestly with the lord and and we communicate honestly with him he he remember i said he knows our thoughts he knows us inside and out he created us there's nothing hidden from him but he's 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 waiting on that personal side that we communicate that with him that we that we talk about our struggle we talk about our challenge our fear our doubt whatever it may be And when we open that line of communication, that peace that only he can bring can settle into our spirit and it will help us navigate the difficult times of life. Trust is a difficult thing. Our our human nature declines it. And then we get the enemy of our soul whispering in our ear to bring distrust of things. But, But remember that the God who created you, that the God who sets your heartbeat is the God of peace. And in relationship with him, There's nothing we can't face in the midst of his peace. It may not be stuff we want to deal with, but but he can help us walk through there in peace. I love what he says here. Paul goes on to say, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In other words, get your mind off the garbage of this world and think about these things. Think, think about things that are lovely. Think about things that are honorable. Think about things that are just. Think about things that are commendable, things that are excellent. And if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Capture your thoughts. You know, I, I use this reference with a gentleman. Uh, we were in Mexico, actually. And he, he was an American, but he was there uh, helping this church that we were working with. And and he was struggling. He he had a lot of depression. Uh, he dealt with a lot of depression in his life. He had dealt with some suicidal things. He was constantly battling the thoughts of suicide. And this this, this was an elderly gentleman. I'm, you know, in, the, in his 70s or 80s. I mean, he was up there, had some health problems, but he struggled with depression, you know, and he had all his life. And, and he had had multiple stories of trouble in there, uh, possible attempts or thoughts of suicide throughout his life. And I, I, one morning, it just, it just struck me. It was a Sunday morning. I called him to the side of the church service before it started. And, and, I, and I told him, and I said, you know, God spoke something into me. I just want to share it with you. And I shared with him this, the scripture reverence where he says that we're to capture our thoughts, capture every thought, and make it subject to Jesus Christ. And I said, you know, I've, I've wondered about that scripture a lot in my life, not really understanding how do you capture a thought. But in my own personal experience, I had come to terms that when my when my mind would wander off into places that it shouldn't, whether it be worry or fear or or, or ignorance, um, lustful thought, whatever it might be, whatever 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 your mind is captured by, we are, the Bible says we're to capture those thoughts, and I said, you know, God just simply showed me, and and it's some of the simplest that I do. I I had a favorite little worship song back in the day. It's an older song, comes from Hillsong that Darling Check had written. And it was called Jesus, Lover of My Soul. And I knew that song by heart. And so I began to take that song, and any time my mind would begin to wander into places it shouldn't, whether it be worry or fear or doubt or, or trouble, I, I began to just, in my mind, begin to sing that song. I just began to get those, those words of that song and that tune running through my mind. And the next thing you know, I'm thinking about this song, no longer about the troublesome thoughts I had before. The simplicity of that is, is I just captured those thoughts. Not only did I capture them, but I made them subject to Christ through his gospel. That little song, Jesus, lover of my soul, captured the the, the thought that was taking me astray and brought my life and my mind back into alignment with Jesus Christ. That's what he's asking us to. You can do it with a memorized scripture. You can do it with your favorite worship tune. But, I, and, I, and as I shared this with this gentleman, it's like the light came on upstairs. And he said, I've never really thought of doing that before. And, and and i tell you that the next time I saw the man, he came up to me and he, and I'd forgotten about it, but he shared with me his victory, <laughs> his victory over being able to take his thoughts captive. He, he had began to use that little simple analogy of, of a memorized scripture and when his mind would twist him off into depression, when his mind would twist him off into thoughts of suicide, he would begin to, to quote in his mind scripture. And the next thing you know, he had captured those thoughts, he had put his mind back where he belonged, back on track, and he was moving forward without that trouble, without that struggle. Is that not awesome? That's exactly what he's telling us to do here that the, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, whatever's excellent, if there is anything praiseworthy about these things, use those. Use those thoughts. Capture your thoughts using the power of of Jesus Christ. He goes on to end this with, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you he he was literally Paul was saying you'll follow me, do what I do not not because of who I am because I'm nothing but do what I do because I follow Jesus you and, and we have got to become that kind of leader that's a whole nother sermon but but literally we're called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to make followers of everyone we encounter what are you leading them to? I mean, honestly, if you're if you're not a, an excellent follower, you're never going to be a good leader. You've got to become a good follower, an excellent follower of Jesus Christ so that others can follow you. You've got to set the path because others don't see it. They don't know it. You've got to become the guide in the forest, in the wilderness that we face today. Again, whole a whole other story. We go on to 1 Peter. We'll go to 1 Peter. And I, I love Peter. Peter was... He's actually one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He is a knucklehead, and I can relate to Peter. I can be a knucklehead myself. So 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to go to verse 6 through 10. I'm going to try to hurry up here a little bit. I don't have a whole lot left, so stick with me. And we're going to move this into the New Living Translation because I like how it worded it. 1 Peter chapter 5, 6 through 10. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. I I love that. Humble yourselves. That word, that word, humility, humbleness. Um, it, it actually translates to as dirt. I mean, basically, the lowest form on earth, as dirt. So, so, humble yourself, become as dirt, under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. It, it kind of comes to my Wednesday teaching on on becoming an armor bearer. Um, that that becoming an armor bearer is literally about servanthood. It's it's about when, when you subject yourself to a ministry, to a leadership, that you're to serve them to the best of your ability, doing everything in your power to see their vision come to pass. And, and if you do so, God will take care of your vision. He'll take care of your desires. He'll, he'll, he'll see that, that you're rewarded for your service to someone else. That, that, that To me, that's just incredible. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. The Bible says that that if if God cares for the sparrows, I mean, if He provides for even the sparrows, what do you think He's going to do for you, His own creation, His creation in His image? To me, that's incredible. That that God that we're to give all of our worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Does that mean you're not going to worry or care about things? No, we're still going to we're still going to be burdened by it. But but keep in mind, He's saying that if if you'll share this with me, I'll give you my peace. If you'll share your burdens with me if you'll if you'll allow me if you'll lay them down at my feet we we may still have to walk through them, but we will walk through them together. you know trust him again, it comes back to that trust him. I love this part here. stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour and he, and most of you have heard my you know my my lion sermon um most of you have heard me talk about this before. Our enemy is not a lion. He, he, he is a poser. He's a fake. He mimics a lion. He, he goes, this is exactly what that says. He prowls about as a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion. He is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. His, he likes to use scare tactics. And one of, the, one of the biggest scare tactics he has is to get you to run. And in that sermon I preached before, (laughs) the lion inside of you is bigger than the lion chasing you. But if you run from your lions, you're going to run the rest of your life. You have got to face your lions. You've got to face the enemy that's coming after you. The lion inside of us is greater. He can't touch us. He can't harm us. He can't cross the bloodline. He can't do anything that God doesn't allow him to do. Keep that in mind. So when we're close to God, we need to stand and face our lion. Don't let him chase you. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. I love that. You know, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. We've we got to have faith. We, we've got to have this, this communication, this relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to be close to him in order to be able to stand firm In our faith, if we're not standing on solid ground, we can be knocked down very easily. If our feet are not anchored, if our stance is not firm, if we don't have our warrior stance, if we don't have our fight stance, how are we going to fight? We can be pushed over way too easily. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. You're not alone. You're not alone in the troubles you're not alone in the struggles now one of the one of the enemy's greatest tools against us is isolation. If he can isolate you if he can isolate your mind, if he can get you away from from the strength of the body, if he can get you away from other believers if he can isolate you, he can play with your head he can bring up your past he can he can bring up your turmoil he he can bring up all your doubts your fears. He'll use that stuff against you. And remember, the Bible says that when we come to the Lord, when we, when we come to know Jesus Christ, when we surrender our life to him, the, the Bible says that he, that he takes our sin and he puts it as far away as the east is from the west, never to be brought against us again by him, by God. Our enemy will bring it against us every single day. No matter what our challenge is, he's going to use it. He's looking for a weakness you know, a lion, if, if, if you look at a lion, a lion pride in, in, the, in, the, in the live, in the real, they're not going after a healthy animal. They're not going after healthy prey. They're looking for that one who's wounded, limping, lagging behind, isolated from the herd. They're looking for, for someone who's young, who doesn't know or understand the, the danger zone. You know, keep that in mind that when we when we're new in Christ, when we we've got new believers, new followers, you you've led someone to the Lord. They need your protection. They they need the they need the herd around them to protect them because they're new in this faith. They they don't know the dangers that await them. They don't know the trials and the challenges. They they may run, and if they run, they're isolated from the herd. So that that, that uh, simple analogies there. Don't let him isolate you. When you see it coming, find, find a way to connect back to your community. Get connected back to that community. I, I preached that message about community recently. Uh, I've, I've preached it several times. I preached it again at, a, at an event I was just at. Keep that in mind that we need that community, that community, that brotherhood, that, that tribe around us provides safety and, and it, provides, it provides peace and sense and help and strength in our times of struggle. So don't isolate yourself. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. In his kindness, he called us to share. He called us to share. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. God's not going to leave you out there to struggle and suffer. There's things that that for whatever reasons, beyond our understanding, we must walk through. I wish I knew how to help people sometimes in those struggles. I don't. It, it it bothers me. I I hurt for people because I can't help them. I can't take on their load. I can't. I can't suffer for them. I wish I could. Many of you are the same way. You you wish you could suffer for that person who's walking through a trial, but it's not our trial to walk through. It's theirs. All we can do is be their support. We can we can pray over them. We can walk with them the best we can. We can hold them to the best of our ability. But it's their trial. They're going to have to walk through it. But he says that after you have suffered a little while, I'll restore you, support you, strengthen you, and I'll place you on a firm foundation. Don't miss what he's giving us. And as I'm I'm gonna draw this down. Um recently, and I you know, I follow a lot of different things, follow a lot of different people. Um I I glean information and things from, from all over the world pretty much. But one of the things that there's a, a gentleman named Lynn Wood, some of you may may follow him. Lynn is a trial attorney. Um, he has um, been a little bit more vocal and prominent recently with all the things going on in our world. But Lynn is a, from what I gather, Lynn's a very devout man of God. I, I don't know him personally. I don't know his personal walk with the Lord. But what I see in his writings is I see the hand of God using his pen a lot. And Lynn says this. When you're going through a difficult time, turn off your mind. There's a thought. The devil will use your mind like a playground. Get out of your mind and into your heart. God resides in your heart. His truth resides in your heart. Get out of your mind and into your heart. Keep the truth alive by staying close to God and by staying in his word. Man, that is a tremendous statement that I heard him say. And, and I, I literally heard an audio of him saying this, and I I rewound, rewound, and rewound until I got this written exactly like he said it. But when you're going through a difficult time, turn off your mind. The devil will use your mind like a playground. Get out of your mind and into your heart. God resides in your heart. His truth resides in your heart. Get out of your mind and into your heart. Keep the truth alive by staying close to God and by staying in his word. Man, what a what a key element. Stay in his word. That that fresh oil flowing over us keeps us lubricated, keeps us fresh. Now I want to end with this. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses eight through nine. Second Corinthians four, eight through nine. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. But not in despair. Persecuted, but were not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Our God is a conqueror. Our God is an overcomer. They sent Jesus to the cross, they hung him. Most brutal form of death known to mankind. Hung him on a cross to die. Yet he's still here with us. He arose after three days, just like they prophesied. And now he sent his comforter, the Holy Spirit. We need that. If, if you're not a spirit-filled, spirit-walking, spirit-talking, I don't care what you believe, I don't care what you've been taught, get in the Word and search that and begin to seek God for the fullness of his Spirit. The, the Bible says we're to pray in spirit and in truth. We need the Holy Spirit in us. The disciples gathered in the upper room after Jesus had departed them, he said, stay, just stay and wait. I'm going to send a comforter, someone who is more powerful than even I, more useful to you than even me being here with you. Don't don't fret me being gone. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll come back and get you. But in the meantime, I'm going to send a helper that'll give you boldness and will give you strength. It'll, it'll, it'll allow you to walk in my spirit like never before. That, 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 that presence, that helper that he talked about was the Holy Spirit. And you, you can read in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost, when the tongues of fire came and sat down upon each one of them, and they began to speak in, in a foreign language as it's described. There There is a heavenly language. As they began to speak, foreigners on the street began to hear them praying in their own tongue. One of the coolest stories I've ever heard in my life, I, I think my wife is the one who shared it with me, um, the church service. Somebody over here stood and gave this message in tongues. You know, some of you people call us nuts. All these Pentecostals that are speaking in some jabber jabberish. But as she spoke in this tongue, this woman clear across the room, who happened to be a foreigner, I don't remember her to her 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 affiliation, her her um, country of origin. I don't I don't remember that. But what she heard, this woman jibber jabbering to the rest of us was in her own language of God calling her, saying, Come, it's your time. That woman made her way to the altar that day and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Because another woman allowed the Holy Spirit to flow through her at such a time as this. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit. I I you can you can you can question me all you want to on it. I'll I'll never give up. I understand it. I, I may have been born and raised in it but I've seen it in action. I've seen the Holy Spirit in action. I spoke, to, I spoke at a Baptist church in the middle, middle of Missouri at a little country church one one Sunday morning, filling in uh, after, after I'd spoken at an event. And uh, uh, I think she was Swedish, Norwegian, something like that. But as I'm bringing this thing down to an altar call in the middle of this little country Baptist church full of people, this, this Norwegian or Swedish woman whom I had no idea, she began to give this message in tongues. And and I'm like, holy cow! We're in the middle of a Baptist church. This ought to go over well. She not only gave a message in tongues, but she brought an interpretation, and and it fit exactly with what I had just spoke. It it was the culmination of everything that I had just shared with those people. It was powerful. It was real. It was legit. We spoke to her later, and she had come from a Spirit filled church, and whatever her home country was, and in her mind that was just natural. You know, it was just God speaking to His people, and it is it's God speaking to his people and it's God speaking to us. It's God pouring into us. We need that spirit to be bold. We need that spirit to be strong. I didn't intend to throw this in, but I I guess it's where it's gotta be. But I'm telling you right now, walk in his spirit, seek his Holy Spirit, seek the fullness of his spirit in your life that he might use you in days that we face ahead of us. (laughs) They wanna talk about a dark winter. Listen, guys, we're, we're in the midst of chaos, but there's peace. There's peace in the midst of chaos when you're connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're connected to the Holy God who created us for such a time as this. I'm about to get wound up and get excited. I need to quit. So just keep all this in mind. Keep following Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of the storm. Don't, don't be like Peter. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus and look around at the chaos around you. He began to sink. And he had to cry out to the Lord to save him, and he did. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can walk on the water you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can can sustain yourself in the midst of the storm. Jesus will be with you constantly. Don't take your eyes off Jesus right now. Be strong in your faith. Be bold in your faith. What an exciting time to be a man or woman of God, speaking those things out to these who are are lost and who are afraid and who are doubting and, and, and in chaos. We have peace. We have peace in the midst of it. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Our duck call drive is going relatively well. We're, we're actually getting really close to our goal. Uh, if, if you want in on it, you can, you can look at that on our Facebook page. There's a couple different things. Um, I, I shared recently a, a picture of one of our, our veterans who's been at one of my duck call sermon meetings uh, holding one of our duck calls, and he said, I thought of your sermon this morning. I thought, man, that's it. That's exactly it. That's why we do what we do. It's so that every time those guys take that duck call out or they hear a duck or they see a duck, they think of that duck call sermon and 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 we we have a way to minister that to them, and we appreciate all your help that we get and the support we get to continue to order those duck calls and and give those away. I'm out right now. I gave the last ones I had it in January at our duck hunt uh, that I was just speaking at, so we're we're we need a new order um which we're we're gaining on it every day. Thank you for the support you give to our ministry. Allows us to travel, allows us to, to give to other ministries, to give into missions. We continue to support missions in Mexico. Um, they're, they're fighting their hard in Mexico to see lives saved and to see the Spirit of God move in the midst of that country. Uh, we, we support other missions, other things around this world. So continue your support. We love you. We thank you for it. Follow us on Facebook, uh, podcast, Living Loud Outdoors, uh, website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com all kinds of giving ways on those. I don't keep up the website as updated as I should. I'm going to be trying to add some things to it uh, in a month or so. So just stay tuned with us. Stay in touch with us. God bless you. We love you. And we pray that you have a great Sunday uh, and a great end of this month as we fix to head off into a new one. Amen. See you Wednesday. We'll we'll be on our uh, Becoming an Armor Bearer series. It'll be on take five. I think I've got two left. So I think it looks like we'll wrap up in six, but uh, be with me on Wednesday and we will continue our teaching on becoming an armor bearer. Love you guys. God bless you. Rhonda and I both want to tell you that we're praying for you and we thank you for your support. See you soon.